morning, Meridian, and welcome to Grind, Grace, and Growth. I want to say we have a little treat for you guys today or a special edition, but let me go ahead and do our opening. Each day we wake up to start the daily grind, and we try to do everything with grace with the goals of growth. I'm Shelly Hotchkiss Whitehead, General Manager of Super Talk Meridian, and your host of Grind, Grace, and Growth. And we want to thank our sponsors because we could not have our fabulous show without them. We have the Jana King, MBS Lady Shoes, the, fa- the Family Flea Market on B Street, Scrub Station, and my favorite, the Rock House Gun and Pond, guys. We have so much going on in the studio and we have a meridian legend in the studio with us today he is the producer and composer of works from duck dynasty wicked tuna let me get this list it's never ending pitbulls and paroles Wahlburgers, shark week he even has produced something for the woody woodpecker show in brazil um hbo 30 for 30 and he's also working on a, a show right now called Being Martelli, but we have Tony Pasco in the studio. Gosh, your resume just goes on and on, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's very nice. I appreciate it. But I'm just so excited you're in the studio today, and you have a lot going on, don't you? I do. I stay pretty busy. So it makes me exhausted just thinking about all the projects you have working on. Um, I've, been, I've been blessed. Well, tell me about what you're currently working on. And it's just going to be really exciting for Mississippi. Um, I have this new show that I've been working on called Tony's Backstage Pass. And it, it, it's this behind the scenes look into the music industry. And I'm a musician. So that's what I know. And um that's what brought me to Meridian. You know, I, I worked for Hartley and everything. So my career has been this weaving in and out of being a musician on stage, behind the stage, helping out other musicians and everything. And I just, you know, when the pandemic hit and everything kind of shut down, all the musicians, there was no live touring. There wasn't any playing going on. So musicians, how we are is we just started, you know, we became a bunch of chatty Cathy's with each other and like, oh, did you remember this? Remember that? You know, and so we were calling each other up and and, and the production company at the time was like, well, Tone, let's do something musical. You know, maybe you can give guitar lessons or something. I was like, oh, that just, it just didn't appeal to me. But I was having these conversations and that's when I went to the production company and said, listen, I think I have an idea. If you had the camera rolling, when I had this conversation with my buddy Tom, who was Eddie Van Halen's guitar tech, oh, we talked about da 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 all this stuff. So, um, so I was like, if that was the show, I go, I think that would be really cool. And then they went, you know, that would be really cool. I can't, that's a great idea. Why don't, why don't you start setting that up? And, and, and I didn't want to ever have my own show where I was a host or anything like that, but... It was kind of my idea. I have the resume. I know all the people. And the one thing I can do is, you know, talk to people and especially musicians. So I thought, okay, as long as, you know, you don't expect me to be some kind of like real TV host, you know, if I can just talk to musicians, excuse me, and hang out and just jam, if that's a show, that's wonderful. Let's do that. And that's what we've been doing. And as we went on, we fine tuned it along the way, but um, that's kind of how it started. So I started working on this. Tony's Backstage Pass, we came up with the title and all that kind of stuff and started shooting um, this for the last couple of years, figuring out where it's going to go, how we're going to air it. We talked to a bunch of networks. We were in negotiations with them for a while and found out that that whole corporate thing was just such a pain. And then the strike happened. And I mean, just one thing after another. 
So we finally decided, you know what, we're just got to do this ourselves. Like musicians, you know, like independent musicians, we're just going to put this thing out ourselves. We're going to release it the beginning of next year as a, as a video podcast. And we ended up filming about 20 episodes. That's for, a lot of episodes. Yeah, for next year. So we... We did a lot. I mean, I, you know, once it started rolling, I started, ha- everyone kept saying yes. That was the other thing. I didn't intend for us to have that many. It's just when you call your friends up and all of a sudden they all go, oh, okay, yeah, come on over. Oh, yeah, we can do that. You know, and then I have to say, Meridian. You know, I moved a few years ago and I live in I live in Pensacola now. But doing this show, I thought, well, if we're going to do a music show, you can't not include where it all started. And Mississippi is where it all started. And I thought, I want to be smart about this. If I'm going to have my own show, it has my name on it, it needs that foundation. And what better of a foundation than ha- than starting the series with Mississippi? Because everything starts started here. It, it, it starts here. And I thought, you know, I'm going to start calling some people. All they can say is no, but nobody did. You know, Roger at the Temple and the Riley Center and, and in Jackson and, and just all these people were all were like, yeah, come on out. Come on. I, I mean, it just, I couldn't schedule everybody. We just ran out of time. So half of probably my season two will also be Mississippi. But I think that's what my idea of having a music show, where I think a lot of music shows fall short, is that they just start grabbing in the sky. Well, this name, that name, that name. And as a viewer, I think, you know, I'm very concerned about who's watching and, and, and how we're watching TV and the stories that we're telling. I wanted to have a point. I want people to come to, to watch my show and go, I didn't know that. That's really cool. It's a history lesson. It's some entertainment. And, and you know, me just being me, I guess, you know, making well, mistakes. I think it's going to be great. And going back to the whole music scene here in Meridian, here at Super Talk Meridian, we've had a plethora of such talented musicians mm-hmm. come into our studio and we always talk about how there must be something in the in the water or in the dirt or in the soul soil right. mm-hmm. about how there's just so many talented musicians and writers around here and so many big names that you didn't really realize were from here oh i know and and, and that's another reason why i thought well if i have a show and i ha- and i'll have this kind of format I'm going to put it all in there because there's stories that I know that I used to tell people and they're like, well, how come I never heard that? And I'm like, well, if you lived in Meridian, Mississippi, this is common knowledge for us, you, you know, but then you go outside here and you go to L.A. or New York or whatever, and they don't know anything. They and think it, they know the blues. It just, they don't know. And it gets diluted. It and, sure does. And talk about knowing the blues. You know, Mississippi is home of the blues. You know, Clarksdale, Mississippi, the Delta. Come on. You know, and you're We're just, in the home of Jimmy Rogers right exactly. here. I mean... I know. It's just amazing how people just, we, we don't really get the credit where credit's due. And, and no. that's with Hilda and I always say, I want Meridian to become the Nashville of Mississippi. That well, would be a dream for me. And that's my goal with the show. I want to be a part of that. I want to help that because um, that's very much been my focus with this show. I And, and I have run into this where I've, I've been, I was like in St. Louis. This was years ago when they're like, oh, you know, we know the blues. I'm like, you're St. Louis. You don't know the blues. You know, I mean, I'm from Chicago. You know what I mean? And we think we know the blues a little bit. And I, I, and I, I got to tell you this funny story. When I interviewed with Hartley Peavy, he said something to me that really woke me up. Um, when he interviewed me, he, he said, you're from Chicago. And I said, yeah. He goes, you know, you think you know the blues. He goes, you don't know what happened before they came to your city. Mm-hmm. He goes, if you come down here, if you take this job, um, he goes, I'm, you're going to make the reverse trek. Let me show you. 
what happened to B.B. King and Muddy Waters and all these people before they went to Chicago. They all are from here and it's for a reason. And that's what woke me up. And I was like, you know, that's a great opportunity. And the 12 years I lived here, that's exactly what I got from everybody. Everybody, you know, were, were kind enough to, 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 here's our heritage. Here's what we did. My great-grandmother here, my, my daddy over there. And, and you, and then I'm like a sponge. I just kind of took it all in. So when I left and we did this show, I didn't want to forget that. And I'm like, you know, those stories are important to me. And I think they're important to everybody. We need to catalog these things. And, and I, you know, things change and so much is going on in the world that I think maybe it's now time to have a little like this, a format where we can tell these stories from the people themselves, not from me. Let's have, you know, the Jimmy Rogers people talk about Jimmy Rogers and why he's so important and, and why that, that, that is important. And, and going up to the Delta, like you said, I, I, I have so many things that I didn't even get to from my first season. I just have a laundry list of stuff. So Mississippi, is, I think, is a very important state, especially musically. That, I mean, where I live in music, this, this state is, is ground zero, literally the whole state. Is so, important. so with the Tony's back to with the Tony's backstage pass, excuse yeah. me. So that's your goal is to promote Mississippi, basically, and the talent that was born here. Well, it's important. Yeah. And the people it's really, you know, it's a it's a it's a show f- by a musician for other musicians. That's the problem I have with the networks. There are none of them were musicians. They didn't get it. They see it as this commodity. Oh, well, you know, Ford could sell a truck here and Starbucks can sell their mochaccino over here. And, it, and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is about musicians. This is about, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that what we go through to be a musician. This is about Kingfish being the next, the future of yeah. blues and coming from Mississippi. He's, and, he was at Jimmy Rogers and, last year. Yeah, he's And he's amazing. He's won a Grammy now. He's playing with everybody. I mean, that's the future. So it's it's not like Mississippi did this thing one time and we're just trying to hold on to the past. If you look at what's going on musically, there's the next generations coming out. And and I keep seeing Mississippi kind of reproducing it. And, and I just think sometimes it, it just gets overlooked because of maybe because of Mississippi. I don't know where we're located or whatever. I, I personally, though, see they're telling other stories and to me, that are less interesting, in right. my, just in my opinion. And I'm hoping to take what interests me, you know, that that's all I can go by and tell these stories. And I think it's I, I, I the stuff we've shot has been fantastic. I, I can't wait for people to see it. And speaking of genres of music, you know, there's so many genres of music out there. But I really see blues as really making like a renaissance period or, you know, coming mm-hmm. um making its way big and just you know i'm actually interviewing malcolm lightning malcolm next week oh, which, he's fantastic uh, i've done my research on him and gosh i downloaded his album yeah, and he's great i made my kids listen to it they're like mom he's really really cool and i'm very very excited about yeah, getting I to meet with him. him and yeah i played with him at the mississippi all-stars at the riley center wow yeah i got to i played with them and um that's what i'm saying Music industry may seem like it's a big industry. It's not. We're, it's very small. We all know each other. It's very incestuous in a way. You know what I mean? <laughs> we all know it. You know, we've all been with everybody. You know, we all know we play together. And uh, But that that's part of, you know, what I, that language I want to get out there. It, it's, my show, has, it's about the lifestyle 
I really, and that was one of the things how I sold it to um, the networks. We had this line, Discovery Channel, early on said to us, you know, your show, when I sent them the pilot, they said to me, oh, you're like Anthony Bourdain for the music industry. And I went, well, you know what? That's kind of a neat kind of way of looking at it. You know what I mean? Anthony Bourdain, when he did with cooking, you know, he did that book, Kitchen Confidential, which was the behind the scenes, what goes on in the kitchens of these famous restaurants. That's kind of behind, you know, backstage, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's what, kind of where I live. So I was like, oh, I can do that. Okay. And that's kind of how I took, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, you know, Tony Pasco of the music industry. He's, you know, so I, I was like, all right, I can kind of be that guy. Well, and you're such a good hybrid because you've written so many, like, you know, soundtracks for TV shows and for just so much. So it's like you're a musician, but you're also kind of integrated with with television a little bit. And now yeah. you're doing your own television show, but you also are doing something really cool. You're producing your another show that is in Florida. I do. Yeah. And and that's kind of how it all kind of came about. Um and tell us a little bit, just a, a little bit about that show that you're producing. When, when I moved to um, Pensacola, I, I joined the, um, it was like the Rotary Club type of thing. And, you know, because I, I was like, okay, I have my business. I'm bringing it down to Pensacola. I want to meet other business people. And that's kind of what you do. You do those luncheons Networking. and stuff. Yeah, you do those lunch. You pass out cards and stuff like Hilda that. Hilda makes and, fun of us in, in the studio because our other account exec and I'm Monet and I'm like, we're going networking. She's like, no, you're not. You're just going to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but also, it's like with but, golf, you yeah. know, you meet so many people and you don't know. Sometimes I've met some of the most random people at, you know, restaurants or you shopping do. or just yeah. out and about. And when you're new to an area, that's a good way of kind of saying, hey, I moved here. Here, This is what I do. So that's what happened. I ended up doing one of those things. And um, a guy came up to me and said, I'm producing this um, this TV show um, with this Italian family called the Martellis. And um, they own a quilting and sewing business here in town. And um, I would love to have your music in the show. And I said, all right, sure. Okay, let's do it. So I, I wrote some tracks and stuff, and the family called me. I got to meet them, and um, they called me up, had me over to their house. Of course, they're, I'm Italian. They're Italian. So, you know, I can smell the sauce. Oh, you my know. gosh. I Lots mean, of good food. Yeah, yeah. Marsha, the grandmother, was cooking. I'm like, I'm there. And it was it was amazing. So Sure. So they fed me. So they won me over right away. You just have to feed me. So, um and we started talking, and they said, well, have you seen the pilot? And I said, no, not yet. So they put it on, and it was terrible. It was, oh, my God. I was like, you You're know. like, I can do better than this. Well, well, I didn't think so at the time, but I was like, you know, they said, well, do you think we'll get on TV with this pilot? And I said, never. You don't want to be on TV with this <laughs> pilot. This is embarrassing what they did. Um, it was really bad. So they said to me, well, would you produce a pilot for us? And I'm like, listen, I just do music. You know what I mean? I'm not a producer or anything. And, and the grandmother, Marsha, said, well, you couldn't do any worse. <laughs> so if that's where the bar was, I'm like, all right, I, I'll jump in. And I produced. And what I thought, what I saw after I met the family, they were a lot like the Robertsons. I, I'm like, let's not reinvent the wheel here. This is basically an Italian duck dynasty. I'll just make that. Right. That's easy. I can do that. And, and, and that's what I did. And speaking of grandmothers, you told a great story about Kay Robertson loving your wife and just taking her off oh, and yeah. sweeping her away. You, have, oh, you must yeah. have a thing for the for the uh, matriarchs of the I family. Yeah. They, 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 I don't know how it how that worked out. But, 
Yeah, Marsha is just a sweetheart of a lady. And um, we did this pilot. Like I said, it's basically an Italian duck dynasty. We sold it to Pure Flix. So as producer, I'm not in the show or anything. I have music. You know, I did the music and I just produce it. And they're a funny family. Like I said, I didn't recreate the wheel or anything. I just showed their spirit, who they were on on this pilot. We sold it. We'd end up doing a season. We put the season out. We're sh- we shot season two. Um, we're in the process of... of finishing up season two and that'll come out the beginning of next year so i was happy being that guy i I walked into this producer role with this show and like i said we had success with it on pure flicks and um which you can still see it today and we're on a couple of other um other networks now and it'll be on youtube eventually and all that kind of stuff but um because that's where tv's kind of going is in that so much to do and just yeah so many different outlets that you have to post things on because you can't even even in this day and age, if if I'm posting something simple for Super Talk, I have to post it not just on on Facebook, but also on Instagram. You know, if we wanted to get real fancy, you have to post it on every social media yeah, platform yeah. out there. That can be exhausting. That is exhausting, and I don't know anything about it. It's that's really foreign to me. I I, I keep telling the production companies like we need to hire like a twelve year old because they yeah. know that that world. They do. I know. <laughs> Let's just hire some kid to to right. be me online. You know right. what I mean? Because I have no no clue how to do that stuff but we're weeding through it we're getting through it with my show and and so now i'm i'm doing this now i'm a, a host of a tv show and now i have to talk and promote but it's it's been a blast i have to say at first i was a little reluctant um to do it but then it just these were all my friends i called and i know these people and i my goal was just for the audience to see what I get to see from these people, how right. amazing they are. Right. And that ended up becoming like the easy part. All I have to do is show off my friends. And, you know, the, I mean, the show may have my name on it, but it's really about them. It is. This this is about their story and the, about these people. And, and we have a little bit of fun with it. You know, there's performances in it, interviews, you know, and, and me... You know, so I'm tell us a little a bit about a couple of the performances, because you have some pretty cool people that you've gotten to play with on the show. Oh, I got Todd Tillman. We we do an acoustic um, thing at the Riley Center, which, are the, of course, the Riley Center is just absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely. I mean, so I'm excited to get this audience, expand this audience um, with this show, you know, and show off some of these these treasures we have. Uh, uh, and, and just and then it's not just here. It's it, it, a lot of other places, too. I found you go into some of these towns. That's kind of my goal. And, and one of the thing is I want to tell some of these stories, you know, at the Temple Theater, um, you know, telling that story about the Jimmy, you know, the Jimmy Rogers um, talent contest and, and how Elvis. Elvis came in second. You know what I mean? I told that story to, to um, in, in the show and the Discovery Channel, they saw the footage and the guys at the Discovery Channel in New York go, how do you have a story? Story about Elvis that we've never heard of. And I'm like, well, go to Marini, Mississippi. They got tons of them there. These people have known Elvis and his family forever. You need to get out. And that's when I realized they don't, though. They and don't. like you said, they the stuff gets watered down as they go out. And I'm like, okay, and that's, I need to be that direct source. And that's why we have to capture. Yes. I mean, it's almost like folklore for a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
with our Ken Rainey show, recording all of his well, experiences. There's a legend right there. I mean, but, you know, it's just we have to make sure that we document all of, Tony you know, Sansone's another one. Oh, my gosh. I know. Exactly. And in a little bit, you know, you have Leslie Lee here who has worked mm-hmm. hand in hand with both yes. of them mm-hmm. and over Jimmy Rogers. But it's just we have to just make sure it doesn't matter what platform we are recording it on. And it needs to be on multiple platforms. It needs to be on multiple shows. It needs to be at museums like we need a history of Meridian History Museum. That's really what we need. And, you know, we have, you know, the Max, which is great. And we have art. But I love history. And, you know, it's fascinating. Just everything that's gone on at the temple and even just like with Jimmy Rogers and the history of the trains. And we do have the train museum. Mm -hmm. But it just it's like there's so much. And how do where do you start? Uh, Yeah, you're absolutely right. (laughs) And that's why I still have this list I didn't even get to yet. Um, I mean, like I said, it was funny. The camera crew, they're all from Pensacola. And they're like, how many more times are we going to go back to Meridian? Why do we keep going back to Meridian? And every time they come back there, they're like, well, we didn't even get to this. And we didn't get to that. And I'm like, see why I keep saying why we need to. And they're like, that's so funny. This little town in central Mississippi has all of this stuff that came from it. And I'm like, well, this is why I see there, there's been a need for something like the show and and i think it needs to come from a musician you know uh hartley peavy i and again my resume ended up just being the tie-in for a lot of this stuff you know i came down here uh, so you moved down here to work for for peavy yeah for hartley and um so i know him i worked for him for five years and you know i ran the guitar and amp division there and you know so i have this kind of resume then i did the duck dynasty thing and and it's just funny how it all kind of worked out but now with the show it that has seemed me to have all these connections. I have Hartley in, in the first season as well. And, and Britt, uh, you know, everyone knows Britt Gully. And I got him in there because how could I not? You know what I mean? I mean, he's the nicest person in the world. And what was so cool is my crew has fallen in love with everybody they, every time we come back here, they're like, who we get to meet now? Well, you better bring him by yeah. the studio next I time will. you're here. I will. You know, Hilda, you know, we're, we're working on a little project here, and we can't really announce it yet, but we're about to be doing some big things mm-hmm. here. That's great. In conjunction yeah, heard, kind yeah. of with what you're doing. That's wonderful. And um, Hilda's going to get to learn to use a big girl board. Ah, um, nice. I'm growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so we, you know, and that's one thing that's cool about you is you have these goals to always be broadening your horizons and be learning new things. And you're not afraid of it. I don't know where that comes from. Well, I don't intend to do it. I swear, you know, uh, everyone, like when you read the things that I did, I, I'm never that guy. But I'm you're always, humble. I'm always looking to the next thing. And that's how I think that's kind of how you have to be, because if not, you'll get that big head. And then then that's when people really don't like you is when you get, you know, kind of like some of these musicians that are cocky. Yeah, they're strutting around. You can be like, "Ah, I'm Tony Basco. Haven't you heard my soundtrack on, you know, Duck Dynasty and Wicked Tuna? I'm going to snitch on myself real quick. I'm going to tell you the story. I was at Winn-Dixie here years ago when the Duck Dynasty thing was happening and everything. And I was at Winn-Dixie. And at the time when that show was popular and everything, you know, I did WTOK and, you know, all the other kinds of stuff. And uh, I was at Winn-Dixie and this gentleman came and he goes, oh, you look familiar. And it flew out of my mouth before I can even think. I'm like, well, I'm on TV, you know. (laughs) And my wife about passed out and she's like oh are we full of ours and i went oh, 
I did, you know, and I never really wanted, and and it came out like I didn't even care, you know. And he's like, "Well, no, I saw you playing somewhere," and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay, I gotta watch that." You know right. what I mean? I, but it did. Sometimes you just don't realize. All of a sudden, it's like, "Well, I'm on TV," you know. But it's so foolish, and and I'm just not about that. And I think. To me, like just I'm not nearly as cool as you are, but, you know, when you realize that you're making impact on your community or that you're, you know, people actually listen, you know, that I think is what's more humbling than anything. Like people actually care enough to listen or they're actually that interested to hear my story. And, you know, or if you're making a difference in a community and people actually notice that is what's so humbling and and you're making a difference. And with this show, none of them are my story. That's what I'm most excited about. I get to show you. I'm just the host. I'm just the kind of the guide. Right. But what excites me the most is like when we went, when I called James Burton. And James Burton, for people who don't know, you know, played guitar for Elvis. I know. And, 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 and John Thanks, Denver. Frank Sinatra yes. and John Denver and Ricky yes. Nelson. Yep. So, yeah. So I wonder if he was asleep with Elvis at the Temple Theater. No, he came a little later. I think he was playing with Ricky Nelson when Elvis was was. Was in his developmental yeah, stages so. at the temple. Yeah. <laughs> and and who were the judges back then when he came in second? I want you know now that would be hilarious to find out. I wonder if we could ask Ken who the judges were. He may, yeah. He may. He may. I mean, nobody's or ever asked that. Tony we, as Sansone. much as we've talked about it, we've never asked that. I know that would be that would be tomorrow on trivia. the George Strait show yeah. with Ken. We need to ask him who the judges were for that. Yeah. Who said? No, no, no. That kid's coming in second. You know, but who knows at the time, you know, musicians, they have to develop, you know, they do. over time. And, and, so maybe and practice he was, makes perfect. And maybe he wasn't, you know, the, well, of course, he wasn't the king of rock and roll then. But no, but but, you know, his style wasn't everybody's style exactly. for the longest. Well, like, they were probably he was, like, he was this, banned pretty much. Yeah. They only show know? him from the waist up. Like he and was, all that. Yeah, yeah, that was considered was sinful. Yeah, he was controversial. <laughs> but all the women were passing out back then. Wow. That's why they were like, oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, just it's crazy how, you know, one person can just, you know, overtake a whole generation of people and really become so iconic. But. We are running out of time, Tony. Okay. But all right. So you guys <laughs> make you. sure be on the lookout for Tony's new show, Tony's Backstage Pass. And I'm really excited. What platform is it going to be on? Um, well, it's going to be a podcast. So you're going to be able to download it anywhere. anywhere. It'll be on Spotify, iTunes, all, you know, Perfect. YouTube, all that. And we are doing a little bit of a crowdfunding. Please check my social media and everything. And and anybody, if you can just help us out, because we are independent. We are putting this out ourselves, or I'm putting it out myself. So any kind of help. But um, as a special gift, some of the music that you hear from Duck Dynasty, I, I'm releasing a record called Duck Days. But I'm giving it away as a free download. So for anybody awesome. who helps us with the show, you get the album for free, 13 tracks. Well, there you go, guys. And let's close, actually, with some Duck Dynasty. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to Grind, Grace, and Growth here on Super Talk 103.3 FM. Also, you can listen to this show on Spotify as well.